Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent with your host, Miriam Connor. Hi, this is Miriam. Welcome to Apparently Speaking, your podcast for all things parenting. My guest today says, as parents, we've likely realized that children tend to be terrible at doing what we say, but great at doing what we do. From infancy, we are teaching our children how to treat others by the way we treat them. How we respond to our children on a moment-to-moment basis creates a pattern that our children may follow for a lifetime. Therefore, the responsibility is on us to behave the way we want our children to behave. If we want our children to learn to be kind and respectful to others, including us, then we must demonstrate kindness and respect. If we want our kids to consider others' needs, then we must show them that we truly consider their needs. Our reactive moments are when we are at our parenting worst. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. Hunter Clark Fields is a mindfulness mentor, host of the Mindful Mama podcast, creator of the Mindful Parenting online course, and author of the new book, Raising Good Humans. She helps parents bring more calm into their daily lives and cooperation in their families. Hunter has over 20 years of experience in meditation and yoga practices and has taught mindfulness to thousands worldwide. So welcome, Hunter. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Miriam. I really appreciate it. Yes, I'm really glad to have you here. And I read um, your new book, Raising Good Humans. And I mentioned to you before, I really enjoyed it. And I think it is full of a lot of um, really good stuff. So we're going to talk about that. So I'm glad that you're here. So, you know, let's talk about kind of this concept that you you really focus on reactive parenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, like you said in the intro, it, it definitely is a, at our worst you know, that's, that's when we're at our worst when yeah. we're parenting, you know, those moments when we're just sort of losing it, right? Where we're something your child has done or said, whatever is, feels threatening to your nervous system. And so you're having a stress response and the stress response is that fight, flight, or freeze stress response. And then, so what happens in that moment is that your, your stress response is, is literally, you know, it's preparing your body to fight, flight, or freeze. And what's happening is it's, it's not it, it, the amygdala, which is the seat of that stress response in the, in the brainstem. It's, it's actually literally bypassing the other parts of the brain. Like the, you know, the brain is a very complex and interconnected organ, but, but we can loosely think of the prefrontal cortex behind your forehead as where the you know the higher order thinking is problem solving, uh, verbal ability, empathy, all these things we need to parent effectively are there. And when we are reactive, that amygdala is literally bypassing that part of the brain because it takes too long. So we're not parenting with our whole brain. We are often just kind of regurgitating something our parents might have said to us. And we're not really, we're, we're, re, we're reactive. We're not choosing how we want to respond in a thoughtful way. We're literally not being response. You know, we're, we're not, we're not being response able, you know, we don't have that ability to choose that response. And so that's what I talk about in raising good humans is how to work with, you know, the mind, the heart, the nervous system, so that we can become more response able, able to choose our response rather than just react on autopilot. 
Yeah, I think that's great. And it's really important. And I love in your book also that you, you just, you back it up with a lot of research, which is really good, you know, talking about the brain and, Hey, this is, this is really legit. It's not just you saying, you know, because I think, but I mean, it's, it makes sense. And then you have it backed up with research. So I really like that. And, you know, kind of made me think, you know, maybe it would be a good analogy. I don't know. You tell me, but you know, you fire off, you know, uh, that email that you, you, you maybe shouldn't, you know? And so that to me is that, that reactive, you know, you're mad about something or, you know, uh, and then you, you sit down and you, uh, you know, and then you realize, you know, I shouldn't send it. Hopefully you do that before you send it, you know? So mm-hmm. kind of like the same with, with, when you're parenting, you know, something that you don't like or something your kid is doing something and you just have that immediate reaction without really thinking it through. Exactly. Yeah. Those are, those tend to be the things we regret. If you're anything like me anyway, those are the things that I regret. For sure. sure. And it's like, why, why did I do that? Why did I say that? And then, you know, that's what you have to go back and apologize, hopefully, you know, because we, and that's the thing. We all have those times. Um, you know, we're not perfect. So you're, you're going to do them, but hopefully, you know, less. And, and, you know, from listening to this podcast, reading your book, you know, you can really think about, Hey, this does happen. I, I do have more, be more of those moments <laughs> than not, or than I should, you know, and if you do it, you know, you can apologize hopefully and, and, and try to learn from it. But yeah, just that quick reactive reaction to, and you see it, you know, I see this a lot in stores, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, with parents are, you know, and they're upset and they're frustrated. They're trying to get, and they, you know, the child does something and where the parent just reacts. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we do a lot of things without thinking about it. We tend to repeat the patterns of our parents. Mm -hmm. You know, people give their kids a swat on one end, or even as we're starting to learn uh, more skillful communication, but oftentimes the reactive thing at the tip of our tongue is something that may have been you know, what our parents said, you know, like, you know, if a toddler runs, comes to us and says, oh, you know, fell in the playground, owie, owie, and crying, you know, our, 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 you know, if we're not, if we're on autopilot, we might say, oh, you're fine, you're fine, right? Because that's what our parents did to us or what people generally do in the culture. But if we can start to be more, you know, develop that ability to respond more thoughtfully, you know, as, as we talk about in the mindful parenting course, we remember that, oh, like our kids want to be seen and heard and acknowledged so we can say, oh, wow, I bet that hurt and, and acknowledge that, that, that was really an owie thing for you. And, and oftentimes it's just much more effective than, um, than what our, what our old, uh, you know, habits of responding that were passed down culturally and generationally are. Yeah. Just like you said, you're fine. You know, a lot of people do that and they think they're just diffusing the situation, you know, by telling them they're fine, but you know, nobody wants to be told you're fine or calm down or, you know, any of those things as we as adults don't want to hear those things. It does not help. It makes it worse. So it does the same thing for kids. Yes. Yeah. Uh, They may not be able to express it, you know, like we would, but it, it just, it backfires really. Yeah. Yeah. When you dismiss that toddler's uh, feelings, you can watch this too. Like they'll, they'll start to, you know, cry louder. 
they'll oh, be something more, yeah. you know, <laughs> you're not hearing me. <laughs> right. I mean, who has calmed down by being told calm down? Oh, okay. I, now that you said <laughs> calm down, I'm going to actually calm down. I didn't think about that first. Thanks, mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like you said, a lot of times I think with our kids, it's just like you said, it's just the acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. It's just to acknowledge, to validate their feelings. You don't have to make a big fuss, you know, but just, yeah. Oh, I bet I could see why that would upset you, um, you know, or something like that. Or I could see why you may feel that way. It, you don't have to, you know, but here's how, here's the way, the real, the way I feel, but just kind of having that communication and that acknowledgement of feelings a lot of times will really deescalate the situation. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, when we, you know, we're not seen and heard and acknowledged. Acknowledgement is kind of like this secret. It feels like sometimes the the secret, you know, communication, you know, superpower because it's like it it does so much to just say I see you and I hear you and we skip over it so so often as parents because we're kind of on autopilot and we 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 don't you know it 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 just is the our habit in our culture you know how many of us go to our partners and say blah 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 and we just want to be acknowledged and they say well why don't you do this and I'm like Argh. all right <laughs> she hadn't thought of that <laughs> Exactly. So it's true. I mean, this is great advice for a lot of relationships, you know, most probably all relationships. But I think that a lot of times parents don't think maybe kids have the same feelings or or think the same way. You know, they're just kids and right. Their brains aren't fully developed and they may not have as complex of thought patterns, but they still feel and think things that we do. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a huge mistake to think that, oh, they're just kids. And the way we treat kids collectively as a culture is really different than the way we treat other people, which is kind of funny because like we like we talked about, you know, we, we're modeling for them. We want to we want them to see from us how to have respectful, kind behavior and things like that. But then we're we're really collectively, honestly, quite rude to kids. And 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 I don't mean to say this to sort of shame and blame any of us because this just happens to be the kind of the water we're swimming in but we we bark orders to kids all the time (laughs) do this do that you know clean this do that get your shoes on get your jacket on out we go and these are all like kind of benign in you know taken one at a time but if you're two you're having orders barked to you all day long and it's exhausting (laughs) so you know since we're talking about these communication skills i mean that this can be such a helpful shift to just think about like, well, you know, nobody likes orders being barked at them. Nobody. And then we expect kids to be like robots where they're just going to jump up and do something like instantaneously. Like, and so it's really helpful to put into our minds, how might I say this to my respected auntie? How might I expect my my mother to respond to this? How might I say this if this were my mother, right? And we would probably be a lot kinder and and more respectful when communicating if we, you know, if we think about 
that like how would we ask my mother to put on her jacket before we went out <laughs> you know or if how would I expect if I want you know if I ask my husband Bill to grab me something from the kitchen and um, he was in the middle of something I wouldn't expect him to just hop up right away like a mm-hmm. you know instantaneously go do it I would offer him a little grace and a little time uh, and give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt before before doing that. So taking some of the ways that we think about other adults and actually applying that to kids can be really helpful in the way that we communicate them to start to shift this kind of habitual cultural conditioning that we have to be kind of, you know, rude and demanding of kids. You you just say a lot of really good things. You have a lot of good research and, you know, so So what are some ways, you know, before the break, kind of talking about some things parents may do with, I think, without even realizing it, you know, not even really thinking about it, just in the way we react to our kids, the way we communicate, it's that reactive. How, what are some tips? How can parents kind of, you know, I mentioned, you know, really just to kind of acknowledge it or realize it helps, I think. What are some other ways we can kind of control it or stop doing that reactive parenting? Well, I think that some of these kind of tips are are really helpful, but I'm really much more interested in having a deeper conversation about changing habits at a deeper level than than kind of the tips and tricks Mm -hmm. level, because I think that it really, these, some little tips and tricks can help in the short term, but I think part of the bigger picture of parenting mindfully is thinking about is starting to to heal some of the the old um, hurts and and patterns that we have in us and think about who we actually want to be in the world who you know if we are living what we want our kids to learn how do we want to live and who do we want to be so for instance um one of the things that many of us parents are, are are cursed with is a really mean, harsh inner voice. It may have been the you know the whole voice of our parents or whatever cu- culturally we're a very ju- in a very judgmental culture. But you know if a lot of people have you know if you make a mistake or if you have a, a difficulty with your kids, you can be really hard on yourself and talk to yourself in a way that you wouldn't talk to anyone, right? <laughs> Forget mm-hmm. about like your best friend or someone you really love and, and care about. And so something like that, that harsh inner voice. So if we take this like a step deeper is something that is eventually going to come out to your kids. You're not going to live with your kids for at least 18 (laughs) years and they're never going to hear it. You know, they're never going to, they're, they're watching, right? They're, they're seeing all those things. So if we can start to do some deeper work, like start to, you know, create habits and practices that steady the heart and the mind and the nervous system, like the mindfulness practice I talk about, but also self-compassion practices, habits to sh- start to shift the way our inner voices start to be kinder to ourselves, start to offer ourselves a softer landing when we are inevitably human and make a mistake. Um, this can have a, an incredibly profound effect because honestly, like, you know, you squeeze an orange, you're not getting any pineapple juice out of that orange, right? So you're only getting orange juice, right? And so if you are squeezed, you know, what's inside you is going to come out and we're going to get squeezed by parenting. So we can start to practice 
to shift our, our voice so that we can have more compassion inside. So then we can give that to our kids. You know, if we can practice to be more objective and thoughtful inside, then we can, we can give that to our kids. And these things may feel, um, they may feel uncomfortable and awkward and weird at first to offer ourselves compassion and to say, oh, that was, that was hard. You were doing the best you can, that kind of thing. That may feel totally like woo-woo and awkward at first, but it's actually something that research has shown that we can, we can learn. And it's a kind of, it's something that we can learn and grow in our system. And that can really have a profound effect on these relationships that we're going to have for a lifetime. And I think, like you said, you would have grace and and you would not do that to a friend if they said, oh, I kind of blew it today, you know, with my kids, I did this. But then if we do it ourselves, like you said, you know, it's a different story. And what a great thing to model for your kids, even that, you know, we, it's okay, we can make mistakes. We don't have to have that inner voice that's so harsh we can give ourselves a break, you know, just to let them and even to maybe talk about it with them. You know, I blew it today and here's what happened. And, you know, I, I shouldn't have done this. I reacted this way to you and just talk it through and then let them see that you you apologize and you're going to work on it, but you are going to also give yourself that grace. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You mentioned that apologizing. And, and I think that's so, so important. Sometimes we think like, I don't want to be weak to my with my kids or something, but it, right. it, it couldn't be further from the truth. Like our kids really need to see it modeled for them in action. And really the reason our kids cooperate with us is because of our close connected relationship. That's why they cooperate with us. And if we can repair that relationship, then they're going to be more likely to cooperate with us and more likely to respect us because we're giving them respect too. Right. Exactly. They, you know, they, the old thing, you know, they should just respect you because you're their parent. Well, you know, that's something, you know, that's an argument there that could be, you know, to be had, but, you know, it doesn't really work that way necessarily. So, you know, we, we respect them. We want to teach them respect by showing them respect, you know, by respecting them also just that modeling with everything. Exactly. Like it's much more, ultimately much more effective too than, than the old methods as well. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Another thing I want to talk about, you know, in in the book, you talk about disarming your triggers. And at first, you know, I I kind of chuckled just because, you know, um, it's true, definitely. But, you know, everyone now is like, I'm triggered. That triggered me. I'm triggered, you know, about everything. But that's not what you're talking about, you know, and it, it makes sense. It's like, I think you have to really look at yourself and know yourself and know, hey, this is what does, you know, upset me. This is what kind of sets me off right or wrong. And it may not be the same as someone else. So to know that so that you can be proactive about it. Oh yeah. This is so important. I mean, cause honestly, the research shows that if you don't look at and understand and heal your kind of old wounds and your old baggage, then your, you know, history generally repeats itself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what what do I mean by that? And you were talking about triggers. This could be confusing. It's like, you know, when your child says or does something that 
you know, triggers in you a reaction that seems like outsized from what's actually happening. For instance, I had a client in mindful parenting and a member and she was, she noticed that like, there's like juice spilling on the floor, made her bananas (laughs) and it's just juice on the floor. You know, like we can just, you know, here, honey, this is how you get a sponge and mop it up. It's not a big deal. Right. But it made her bananas. And as she dug into it and started to understand and what went on in her own childhood, she could see that she, um, that because she was given this message of perfection and appearances Mm -hmm. were so important to her that her value, you know, how she valued herself was really, the message was given to her that it really depended a lot on perfection and appearances. And so she could see that, oh, these are the ideas that are driving this outsized reaction to my child and the juice on the floor. And so if she had never done the work to like Mm -hmm. look back and excavate that, that would all be something that's just driving her unconsciously. And so when we don't, you know, when we don't look at these things, they're just going to drive you unconsciously. It's so much healthier to take that like really brave step to say, okay, how, what are the seeds of that I'm carrying with me from my childhood, from my parents, from my ancestors, and how are they affecting me? And how are they affecting how I interact with my child? We have in our country way too much belief in our own personal willpower. It's kind (laughs) of like this crazy American thing. I think that we just think we can just decide to do whatever we want. But the truth is, is that we have, we're conditioned by our family, we're conditioned by mm-hmm. society, you know, we have ways of thinking and and behaving and being that are built from our whole lives, right? And if, when we can start to say, oh, this is an old pattern from there, that's when we're really free of that, right? That's when we can really make uh, an independent choice, when we can see the the you know, the hidden things that are actually driving us. Yeah. And I I like you said that, you know, like we just, we kind of have this thought that, you know, we can decide and, and we, there is a lot to that, you know, your mindset. And I do believe that, but it doesn't mean, you know, everything, like you said, it doesn't, and everyone is different. So someone may be able to have a little more control over some things than others. And, and I think that if you just think that that's a dangerous place to be, because for sure, you're missing some of these things uh, yeah. you know, that you haven't really found out about yourself. And can I add to that, Miriam? Cause I think it's yeah. so there you're right. Like changing our mindset and different things, that's really an empowering way to think about things. But it is also really helpful to understand that the flip side of that sometimes is that we are really blameful of of ourselves for a lot of things. Like for Mm -hmm. instance, losing it, going back to that reactive parenting, losing it at your kids. So you're, you may have like lost it at your kids yesterday um, because you're, you know, your nervous system has evolved through hundreds and, th- of th- and thousands of years to, to be reactive to threats, right? You didn't choose 
to lose it at your kids. It wasn't like you're like, okay, I think at four o'clock I'm right. going to lose it at junior because that's going to be a great idea. No one chooses that, right? No one choose, chose that. It wasn't like a willpower thing. This was just your nervous system. This is your biology. This is your reactivity. It's This is just what we were given with. This is what we have. And so to understand that is really helpful because then it, it takes um, – not only does do we stop blaming ourselves and our character like there's something wrong with us, right? We start to say, oh, this is my biological reaction. And when we can start to see that clearly rather than have this um, erroneous idea of like the that willpower, then we can start to actually work with it, right? Then we can, if we understand the biology of what's happening, then we can understand how to shift and change things over time and create new habits. It's great. I love it. Yep. And like you said, you know, I, I always think if you, you know, if you think, and everyone has different, different kind of, you know, quote unquote triggers, like you said, you know, things that really maybe kind of get to them or, or that they have a hard time with. Someone else might think that's ridiculous. It's the juice. Why would that ever upset her? But it's because, you know, she had that backstory, that background, you know, that that is why. And so you didn't. So it, but you have something else, you know, that she doesn't. So, um, you know, I think it's a dangerous place to start to think, you know, we, I don't really have anything like that or, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and to be in this place of judgment. I mean, I can share, yeah. I discovered a trigger of my own last year. So, uh, I've, I've discovered lots of triggers of my own through this whole process, <laughs> but recently, um, I discovered one and it was, it was, it's interesting because you, when you start to see, Oh, look here, this is, we had had a movie night. And of course mm. at the end of movie night, it's like late at night and the kids are a little cray cray, which is always fun. <laughs> but my 10 year old, or she was nine at the time, she was like all being a little crazy and didn't want to go to bed. And I was like, oh God, I'm just going to ignore this mm-hmm. and read this book and she's going to stop. You know, she'll go- get to bed eventually. And and then she started like laughing at me and boy was <laughs> that I didn't know I had to that point. It was like a volcanic eruption in my body and I was just so hot all of a sudden. And I could like just feel this heat and I, I could feel myself trying to like continue to just ignore her. And then I realized like, oh, this is, I got to take care of this anger in me. And I, I get, I just stood up and I said, you know, so this is a, here's a tip and a trick. So one thing you can do is, is to yell more skillfully. So I said, I'm really angry right now. (laughs) She's like, clearly. (laughs) And I opened the door and I went outside and I slammed the door. And I threw my book onto the ground, which of my driveway, which wasn't so great, was a library book. I think it's okay. And I had to go and walk myself up and down the street for a good 15 minutes to calm down from that one because it was like this whole new thing I had discovered. But it's helpful in those moments when we can just say, oh, look at that. Isn't that interesting? Rather than oh, what's wrong with me? I'm a terrible person. I've written a book about parenting and now I'm losing my temper. I teach people mindfulness and now, but that's what happens is <laughs> right. we're human, right? We're, we're not, you're not going to learn mindfulness or practice meditation. And suddenly you're like uh, some ethereal angel, you know, just spouting sparkles at your nose. Right. Like you're, you're human. And we, and once we accept that, 
you know, if we can accept that I have anger, I have aggression, I have these difficult things in me, then I'm, I am much more prepared and better able to take care of those things than when we try to just push those things away and pretend they don't exist. Absolutely. I think it's also important in that moment not to just say, well, she, my daughter made me react that way because she wouldn't listen or, you know, it's everybody, you know, does things like this, you know, you, you, it's okay not to, you know, beat yourself up, but not to just say, well, she made me or whatever, you know, exactly. look inside of yourself and figure out why. And, and, and then you can move forward, um, hopefully better. I agree. Yeah, that's not true. No one, no one made you have no. your feelings and, and, <laughs> and behaviors can be different. You know, if she was laughing in other circumstances, I would have been fine with that. Like, like yelling and, and shouting, for instance, like if your child is yelling and shouting as she's running down a field of daisies, you're just like, oh, my heart, you know, like whatever. <laughs> and if they're doing that, not like, when she's laughing at you, <laughs> if they're doing that, like in church service, like at grandma's funeral, like, no, like you're no, or whatever, like there's different causes and conditions. So it, it that behavior does not cause the feeling in you that there, it, it, it could be a catalyst, but, but yeah, we have, do have to take responsibility for our own feelings. Yeah, for sure. We're going to take another quick break and we'll come back, talk about a few more things. Um, so we'll be right back. Hey, this is Miriam from Apparently Speaking. Join the Mazda family like I did at Montrose Mazda Kent. You'll love the selection of new and used cars and lease options. We are on our third car from Kent Mazda. We keep going back because of the ease of purchase, and it has been by far the best deal we could find each time. Montrose Mazda Kent, they go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. Okay, and we are back. And so, Hunter, one thing I did want to mention just too about your book that I really liked is um, at the end of each chapter, you have things to practice like for the week. And I, I, I just really like that because it just, you know, kind of takes it a step further. And as I was reading through these, it's like, oh yeah, those are, <laughs> that's a really good, you know, kind of thing to do. What, what to practice this week and, you know, just some different, a lot of different uh, great things that you can practice um, with your kids and yourself and as a parent. So I really like that um, in your book. Oh, well, good. I mean, I think yeah. that that can be really helpful for self-motivated people to, to, I mean, for me, I remember really being incredibly frustrated uh, hearing when I was struggling so much with my my daughter when she was two years old, and and hearing these uh, the sort of peaceful parenting people talk about what to do, but then feeling so frustrated because I couldn't do it when I was triggered. And so I really wanted to give people the how how to create habits that steady the heart, the mind, and the nervous system, how to understand your triggers, how to practice self-compassion and caring for your difficult feelings, how to, how to communicate more effectively. And I want to talk about just before we have to go, but, you know, you mentioned, you know, yelling, we touched on it a little bit, but you do have, um, section in your book on yelling. And I think that's something I've had many parents ask me about, you know, how I just, they won't listen unless I yell and I have to get to that point before, um, you know, anyone will listen or it's just my reaction is to just, you know, kind of yell just to, because it's so chaotic and, and all that. So what do you, what do you talk about, um, as far as yelling? Yeah. I mean, yelling is this 
is is problematic, right? Because it, mm-hmm. it, it teaches our kids to yell, but also it, what happens is like, you're a big person and your child is a small human being. And when you yell and look angry, their nervous system is perceiving you as a threat. And so that's putting them into their fight, flight, or freeze stress response, which that whole nervous system sy- system is the only thing that is fully, fully developed at birth. So- mm-hmm. That puts them into their stress response. So they cannot learn. They can't learn anything when you're yelling at them. So it's deeply counterproductive because they can't learn. And it's actually makes in the long term, it makes your kids less likely to want to cooperate with you because they feel some resentment, right? Because they're being yelled at. So it's, it's, um, you know, using like yelling and in using threats and stuff like it can quote unquote work, but it's a gives it's a big price to pay. You know, there's a big mm-hmm. price to pay and that our kids become less and less likely to want to cooperate with us when we use these tactics. Um, so we want to practice to not yell, to, to right. reduce our yelling as much as possible. And I talk about a couple of ways that you can do that. And so, but it really breaks down into, you want to develop that habit of being less reactive, of lowering, uh, of, of creating more impulse control, right? And that the tool I talk about, the main tool I talk about with that is the mindfulness meditation, because the research is amazing on that, how it changes the brain. It has zero side effects, all these incredible benefits, and anybody can do it, right? It's, it's and everybody from CEOs to prisoners are practicing mindfulness meditation, and it really has all these helpful pieces. And for parents, it really is incredible for helping us to steady the heart and mind and lower our reactivity. So we want to build that muscle in the long term, right? Because then, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, you know, it's kind of like sending your child into the Little League World Series, right? You're not going to send them into that big game without having them ever had a practice, ever building some muscle memory, learning how to be a bat, right? So it's the same thing with you. When you're in a moment of that's difficult with your parenting, you can't expect to have a different response if you never practice, right? If you've never built that muscle. So you can't just, like I said, it's not about willpower choosing, it's about creating new habits in the body and the mind. And so we want to have that long-term practice, but then in the short term, we, I do have a whole list of, um, stop yelling, you know, like tactics that, that help have helped a lot of the members of mindful parenting. And so, you know, it, and they include things you can kind of start with the body in that you practice to lower your stress response, or you can, you can start with the mind. There are mantras you can do, but I think one of the biggest things that is really helpful is to start to just be, um, just go, going back to Miriam, what we talked about in the very beginning, acknowledgement. So mm-hmm. when we can, sometimes parents are like, I'm, I want to be calm. I want to be mindful. And so they're like, I'm calm. I'm mindful. I'm calm. I'm calm. I'm really, I'm calm. <laughs> and then they're like, ah, like a nice exploding top. Right. I mean, I, I know that some, someone out there is like nodding their head right now because it's right. so common. Right. <laughs> and so, um, so in those moments, don't, don't do that. You're being kind of dishonest, right. To instead honestly acknowledge what's happening for you. 
I'm starting to get really frustrated, right? And when you say those words out loud, you're doing a couple of things. You're telling your kids how the, their behavior is affecting you. And you're telling, it's like for yourself, it can be like, oh, ding, 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 ding. That means I need to go take care of my my nervous system, my stress response, mm. right? So that I can be the parent I want to be. So I'm starting to get annoyed. I'm starting to get more frustrated. And hopefully in, as we can start to acknowledge that earlier down in the timeline, then we can take a moment to like, I need a break, guys. I am starting to get frustrated. I need a break. I'm going to go breathe in the bathroom. And then you go in the bathroom, you lock the door, turn on the fan, <laughs> and you just <laughs> practice those slow, deep breaths that are, you know, that work with the nervous system. Just calm it down. Maybe splash some cold water on your face, <sighs> sigh it out, shake it out, and then come back and, and make a different choice. I want to thank you so much, Hunter, for being here. I think you gave such great information. It was a great conversation. We definitely could talk longer. Um, so how can listeners find you, find your book, find you and everything about you? Sure. Um, my website is mindfulmamamentor.com. You can find you can find Raising Good Humans anywhere books are. It's an audio book. And you can find the Mindful Mama podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. All right. Well, I appreciate you being on here. I think um, there's a, so much great information and I hope um, anyone listening just really takes it to heart and really, really thinks about it and, and really just that reactive, that whole idea that you are, you know, saying of the reactive parenting and um, there are definitely ways that can be changed, like you said. <laughs> um, so thank you so much. Thank you so much, Miriam. I really appreciate it. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at NortheastOhioParent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email me at podcast at NortheastOhioParent.com.